The Sci-Fi Film Podcast is a Thrave Productions podcast. The Sci-Fi Film Podcast. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Film Podcast. I am Andy Walker, and uh, I'm here again with my son Scott. Hello, Scott. Hello. Hello. Sorry, I'll say that again. <coughs> Hello. Hello. That right, really hurt. How, how? How? How the? How the? Yeah. How are you? I'm. Yeah, I'm okay. here. Well, well, I'm not actually. I'm, I'm not doing too bad this week, actually. I haven't got one thing to complain about so far. Really, is like bread one when we're recording this, it is the first day of the week. So, yeah, well, it's fair enough. Fair enough. And stuff. How are you, father? Me? I'm, I'm erring on the side of caution. I don't know. I'm kind of like, I, I, I'm. Erring or erring? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it in the same way as. Um, I always liked uh, Alex Harvey used to say when people said to him, how are you feeling? He used to say, I'm considering the situation. And that's kind of where I am. <laughs> that's, do you know what? That sounds quite good, actually. Um, so here we are again. Well, actually, I'm in a different place. Well, you are in a slightly different place. I'm, not, I'm in the room, same room, but I'm just in, in a different room, angle. But a slightly different angle. I'm yeah. In, I think I'm in a different room to the one we did last time, because I think I'm in the the other room. <laughs> no, I, I decided... I'm in the other room, I have two. It was so rich. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> All I'm doing is sitting on the opposite side of the desk because of the fact that I've realised that in a lot of the videos, I sit there. I've actually had a few friends say to me as well that, because of where, the way I sit normally, yeah. obviously the lights behind me. And there's a few people who said to me, well, I've got black eyes on the light, yeah. And it's not, it's the shadow. Look, I can prove it. The light there, or admittedly, that one does. You still, you still, still look black. Yeah. You still look <laughs> like you've got black eyes. It don't matter. Yeah. I have realised that, like, no matter what I, I do, I've I, got a permanent black, black eye on me, right? Eye. No, I, do, I, I still think that you just you, you just have a, a natural look of a, of a silent movie villain. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing. Nothing you can do about it. It just happens. See, this is this is maybe uh, what I'm going to tell you later as well. Maybe that that's the part I could play from now on. If I, I'm going to put it out to everyone now. And if anyone wants me in a film, I'm obviously I have the look, great look of a villain that doesn't say anything. Anybody, well, anybody, I tell you, if anybody wants to check it out, right, watch a number of different Charlie Chaplin films, because there is a character that always played the villain in Charlie Chaplin's short films. And he looks just like you. You, you, you yeah. two look like him. Or I he, know exactly who like you were a, talking about when you yeah. said Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> you could do with a slightly bushier eyebrows. Other than that, it's fine. You know what? I know, I know this is probably going to give me time much ridicule, but they are normally, but I've actually shaved them down because oh, I was getting... Oh, you shaved them? I thought for a minute you were going to tell me you plucked them. No, I, I shaved them because I'm getting, I was getting slightly annoyed with Amy every time I walked past again, because I look like an owl. <laughs> 
Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> right, shall, we, shall we get on with this thing then? Yes, I would love then to know got, your thoughts. On we've got some interesting things this this week. Uh, yes. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll we'll get on to them all at some point. Uh, so yeah, we're well, hopefully, with, we'll get on to them in this episode. Yeah, uh, we're going to start off with with uh, the short film. We've got three short films, and okay, yeah, we've got three short films. Three short films. That's five. Yeah, we call three short films. Three short films. All five of the three of them. Um, we've got three short films, and now that's two again. Oh God! And then a, a feature film. So we're going to start off with a short film. Uh, this is from twenty twenty two, and this is a short film called Amina. Uh, it was directed and created by Jessimiel Bello, and the cast is Naima Nai- Resmi. No, I'm going to try it again because my brain's not working. Naima Ramsey, there we go, and Willie Kylie Danfulani. One of these days we're going to pick a film where we can actually pronounce the names of everyone. That was so silly. Why would I want to do that? Uh, this was this is a, a an, an uh, I can't remember where it is Nigerian I think Nigerian yes it's a Nigerian science fiction film and the uh, the synopsis for this film says well it, it's not really synopsis it just tells you what what the film is about it says that it shows the battle between belief systems and shows that no matter how much we try we can't run away from our human nature. Now, I, I really like this. It's a really quiet film, but it's really powerful, especially with the message. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I watched this. I did actually watch this sort of little bits at a time because I was I was trying to pay attention to the background of what was going on and then read what was going on. So it took me a bit longer. Yeah. But yeah, the message in this is so powerful. I mean, it's, it's effectively just basically it's, it's another one of these stories. I've read lots of short stories, the same sort of thing, which is basically the real problem with this planet is the human race. We, we are us. Yeah, we are the problem. And we yeah. are we would if, we, if they could eradicate us, then the planet would be so much. Oh, it's the thing is, it's quite weird, actually. I watched this and then pretty much everything I've watched, apart from the other films for this episode, everything else I've watched for the last week, has done nothing but sit there and go, if we weren't around, everything would be so much better. Like, I've even watched like, people that I follow on YouTube and stuff like that. One of them, they've done a video of a, they did like a haunted island they went to, it'd been abandoned for a couple of years. And even they turned around and went, we're the problem. And these are people that are younger than me that oh, are yeah, influencers yeah. of that. And I'm like, can I not get away from this? I mean, I, 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 read, a, I read a story God, years and years ago, and I think it may have been Arthur C. Clarke, May not have been, but it might have been. It was either him or it was in a, a magazine that he he sort of like curated. Yeah. And it, um, the basic idea was that that, uh, that, that uh, humanity was was deemed as being a uh, we we are we are a genetic mutation, and as such, we are an illness. Yeah, we are a blight. <laughs> On the on the planet, it's and the so thing, effectively we the, the planet decides that we've got to go. It decides, decides to wipe us out. It's the, it's the one line that's always stuck me. In. I can't remember what film it's from, but I, I, the line that sticks with me. And it's the fact it's two people talking, and it's like I think, like, I think it's, it's from the day the Earth stood still, or something like that. Yeah, it's the fact that it's like this this human talking to this power like power of being, going. And they're like, oh, so what can we do to fix it? And he's like, 
there is nothing you can do. You are the virus. Yeah. That is causing the problem. And it, you look at it, things that places, and it shows it in, in this, but we've seen it in so many other horror films and sci-fi films and all that. As soon as humans aren't around, well, yeah. human races aren't around, everything comes back to life. Yes. Strange, isn't it's it? Just, it shows the sort of damage that we can do. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but I mean, the other thing is, I, I really like the effects on this. It's got it's got a great look to it, and it's got a really good feel. I mean, obviously, it's it's almost all CGI. I was, I was trying to figure that out. I think it's actually all CGI because of the. Yeah. I was looking at. I sort of paused it and I did like frame by frame of the, the oh sorry, the pictures of the, the shots of the um, the humans that are in it. Yeah. And it looks realistic, but I I've looked at it. And it looks partially animated as well, so it, it's quite realistic yeah. CGI if it is. If not, then the rest of it is amazing the way they've done it around the, the, the people. Absolutely. I really like it, though. I mean, it's, it's a short film, and it's really quiet, and, it, and it's very powerful, and I think it's a really good film. Yeah. It's really, uh, and it's nice It's nice to watch something coming out of somewhere or something different, you know, it's not just British or American or, you know, European or whatever. It's yeah. nice to see something completely different and uh, to see their take on things. I really, the thing is as well is that we've, we've seen a couple of other films where it's, it's again, like we've watched one of the ones before where it's, it's of like the, the Star Wars one was the sort of Star Wars rip-off one that we watched. Yeah. It's, it's one that we've watched that is, it shows the variation of what people can do. And this yeah. film, I think, is, is, it is an yeah, amazing yeah, yeah. film. And I think it is, does the people that made it such a credit. Absolutely. And it does the area, I think. It's just, and the fact that, like we said, the strong message that's behind it. And it's, is uh, yeah. It's nice, nice to see good, yeah, good things coming out of different places and a different take on things. Okay, the second film is is a completely different thing. This is um this is on dust. Uh, it says twenty twenty two, but we know that that might be a little bit different. And this is a film called Eureka, uh, directed by Laura Moss, written by Nick uh, Kusha. Now the cast on this, the main character is played by Karen Gillan, who of course we all know from Guardians of the Galaxy and from Doctor Who and things like that. Uh, the the other people, there are other people in it who have been in other things as well, uh, yeah. but I didn't delve into in too much depth in in, in this. Yeah, delve in too much, you could be here for a while with some of the people yeah. that have been in it. That's right. Uh, but the the main cast is uh, apart from Karen Gillan is uh, Gillian Bell, uh, Karen uh, Karen Sonny, and David Past uh, David Dastmalshian. Yes, there's a, a name. Uh, the synopsis for this is a lazy, uninspired woman is visited by an otherworldly being responsible for giving humanity all its great ideas. Mm. Apart from this one. <laughs> I, I, I thought this was... Well, the, thing is, the thing is, actually, as it says at the end of it, not all of them have to be great. They can be okay. Yeah. And I think this is perfect for this, but I just... But it's 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 just a fantastic. I love this film. I think it's so so good. It's it's such a bananas, pointless thing that she's got to do. To be honest, that wasn't even the weirdest bit of this film for me. Don't be wrong. The idea of the, the idea and the the stuff that she's got to do is, is yeah, is very bizarre and it is 
very, very odd. That is not the strangest part for me. The strangest part for me is what the creatures look like. Well, oh, sorry, the otherworldly beings. They're just humans. No, they're not. You know they're not. When the hologram starts going, or you see them at the beginning of it. Well, yeah, but that's part of her dream. I'm not quite sure what was happening in that dream. It's they're not. It is, it is said. The weirdest thing, the thing I loved about this is the fact that she has a full-on conversation. One of the beings <laughs> takes control of a honey bear. It's like, the, you know, the, the, sort of, the, little, the little plastic bear full of honey. Yeah. It squeezed onto things. Like, and, and she has a conversation with this honey bear pot. Yep. And the thing I loved was not that was the fact at the end of the film, once the credits roll, at the bottom of it, it says, no honey bears were, were injured in the making of this Yeah, I, I did chuckle at that. I did love the fact as well that her reaction to, like, using, using the lid to talk, it just looks weird. Yeah. That's the bit you're taking away from that? Yeah. What but, yeah, it's... It's the fact that all the way through, she's sort of like, too, she's in this situation, she's like, can I ask a question? Why? And it was like, sort of... of you you could choose what you look like, and you decided to look like that. <laughs> yeah, I did love that. I think it's just because there's a couple of films that I, I I've seen the guy that plays him in, and he almost every film he has that same sort of um the same sort of thing pointed out to him. Yeah. It's the fact that you look like that. Are you sure you wanna you you wanna try and do what you wanna do or try and <laughs> and it's just sort of you sort of I, I sort of feel sorry for him. <laughs> I just, I think it's great. It's it's really well put together, really well acted, well written, and I, I just really enjoyed watching it. It was one of these films that I kind of just sat and enjoyed watching. Yeah, it it was. I mean, like it was. It had some serious moments in it. I think with some of the yeah bits that were going on, like the sort of the the whole the whole AA thing and the sort of people trying to sort of go, look, if you're here, you need help. But it was balanced out well with the comedy side of it as well. I think it was balanced very well. Absolutely. I, I, I just really, I really liked it. So I enjoyed just sitting and watching it and enjoying yeah. watching it. it was, uh... it's, definitely, it's definitely one of the weirdest films I've watched in the last few weeks. Well, <laughs> beware what you wish for, mate, because we've got oh. weird, weird things. Weird things are coming. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so there you go. Uh, so the next short film, the third short film, which I'd be interested to see why you chose this, is a film called Stalled. Now yeah. this is on Omeletto, which is another thing a bit like Dust. Um, and it's dated twenty twenty two. Written and directed by Matt Black, which I'm sure must be a made up name. Nobody's really called Matt Black. Um, I don't know if he is. He's, he's well old. That's a private joke for anyone who knows about Matt Black stuff, sorry. Um, <laughs> the cast is Jacob Daniels. There is another person in it, but they don't get mentioned. That's the janitor. Yeah. Uh, the synopsis for this is, a man goes into a public restroom, or toilet to all of you English people, and gets trapped in a time paradox. Yeah, is it, now, I'm uh, I'm surprised by this because of the fact that you I know how much you detest time travel films. Yes, all right. Get this out of it. I I as everyone knows, and if anyone's watching this and has watched, God knows how many of these we've done. I absolutely detest and appall and can't stand any any film to do with time travel because ninety ninety nine point nine 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 percent of them are absolute 
whole balls because of the fact that oh wrong. I was trying to think of something that we could put out and realised that my wrong. brain. Had... They're not wrong. How could they be wrong? Because they're fiction. I just I'm not getting into this argument. You do this every time. But I saw this and <laughs> started watching it, and I got the first minute into it, and I thought, okay. And when they were describing, it, I thought I maybe and they didn't, they are trying to explain it. Well, they do confront it head on. They confront the whole yeah, they thing. Could, yeah, they confront it head on. This is paradox. This is how, it's a paradox. This is what you've got to do to end it. Yeah. And, yeah. The problem is that they screw it up at the end. Why? Oh. Like, like, they do the whole thing, yeah, of the fact that he beats the paradox by beating the oh, by beating the fact that he, he goes back and does it and beats the paradox by stopping it from starting in the first place. Right. Until he wrote the note on the toilet paper. Then he started it all over again. If he hadn't left the note, it wouldn't be a paradox. If he if because he left the note, the paradox carries on going on. But he's no what he's done, you see, is he's sealed the time loop. He's he yeah, so he's now continuing. Yeah, no, but it will sit there going round and round in circles, but it won't keep unraveling. Because there will be a definite end to it. There was a definite end to it anyway because he stopped it. Yeah, but they, they, he, he would have started again, and if he hadn't written the note, then he wouldn't have. He would have. It would have spiraled out into another, another loop. Yeah, well, he had to make sure that it went through the way the loop that he did to get him back to where he was to close the he loop. He was back there anyway. No, he wasn't. Hang on, two seconds. Shut up. Sorry, no one else can hear this, but I'm sitting in a room with my other half, my beloved other half that I love so much, and all I can hear is her laughing her absolute arse off because of the fact that I'm getting annoyed with this, and she knows it. And the thing is that, again, I sat there and watched this whole film through, and Amy, Amy and I both know the fact that I absolutely detest time film, mainly because of the fact that I appreciate more the science than I do the film. But... Oh, but the problem is that I have is the fact that I sat there and I tried doing this whole reluctantly thing and giving it the chance. I sat there at the end of it and that was okay. And all yeah. I could hear was Amy from the other side of the room and just slightly, slightly under her breath, but loud enough for me to hear, just go, but. <laughs> and I was like, but nothing. And then I sat there and I was like, well, and went on. And all I had to be, literally, I went on this back, what, 10 minute long run? And I sat there and all I heard was just the end of it again. I knew there was something wrong with it. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's 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 what well, it is. I love this film. I thought it was brilliant. It's fantastic. Remember, I, it's a great idea. It's really yes. well thought out. It's really well don't, made. Don't get me wrong, I I like the film. Trust me, I appreciate the fact that writing a time paradox film is not the easiest thing to do. Fully aware of that. And I know the fact that it is hard because you end up getting down twisting circles and it's just annoying. It's I fully really appreciate the fact that he's done it and it is a good film. It's one of the better ones of these types that I've seen. It's, yes. it, it, it is something I I I like this and I, I like um she watch frequently asked questions about time travel because it's a brilliant film. Um and I know you'd hate it, but it's a brilliant film. Um but given your given your predilection to 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 uh, finding fault in science fiction films because of the science being wrong, I can't wait for you to see Moonfall. I have seen it and don't don't. I saw. Oh, 
it's one of those films that starts off quite reasonably and as it goes further on the more it goes on the more you go this is more and more impossible every three seconds i got halfway through the film i turned it off and i genuinely because i was watching it on my tablet and i was like sort of i think actually i was watching it i can't well i can't actually remember if it was before me and amy got together or what but i was watching it and i turned it off halfway through and i genuinely thought I oh, know, I'll just throw my tablet on the wall, it'd be easier. And then Saturday thought, no, I can't do that because I'm still paying it off for a start. And then thought, oh, no, I'm not going to watch it. And then stupidly sat there and thought to myself, I need to carry on because I need to see if it gets better. It gets worse. Because, it, it, yeah, it, it was that, that, it, that thing in my head going, it can't, be, it can't carry on getting worse until the end. Surely they've got to have realised that it got to that point and they've gone, this is rubbish. We need to go the opposite way. But yeah. It didn't. No. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. But anyway, back to back to Stall. I I really liked yeah. it. I thought it was fantastic. I, I know you. The effects they use in it. Yeah. Like the, the, the cinematography. Oh, sorry. The cinematography, the special effects they use in it. Only wrong. I think is very good. My annoyance is just the science behind it and. I'm just gonna leave it there because I know you're gonna start laughing. Maybe he's gonna carry on laughing and drop a book. I'm gonna lose patience in myself. Fair enough. <laughs> right. Well, I, I would suggest people go and check it out because it's yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry. I I would give anyone that say to anyone that go and watch it. It is a good film. Just don't <laughs> don't why don't watch it if you don't like time travel film because it will annoy you. If you like science fiction film, go and watch it. If you have the ability to uh, suspend your disbelief, which is what science fiction is all about. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. <laughs> you have the ability anyway. to watch a film without getting annoyed with it. Go and watch this film. If not, okay. I don't watch any films. So, okay, fair enough. So we are now <laughs> on to our feature film. Now, last week, we dabbled our toes very gently in the in the side part of what is pro probably known as mainstream. This week, we've waded in right up to our chest, neck, and it's sort of lapping at our bottom lips. Um, I don't know, I think sometimes it might have gone fully right over. Yeah, I think we may have done, yes. Uh, this week, we are, we are reviewing the 1998 film Small Soldiers. Yeah, uh, which I, I find quite interesting because of the fact I only actually found two places online that list it as being a science fiction film. Everywhere <laughs> else just list it, list it as being a family fantasy. <laughs> yeah, this is the. Right. I will say I I chose this one again, shockingly, but it was and I the only reason I chose this and thought that it was a good fit is because of the fact that Netflix actually referred it as a fantasy sci-fi. All right. Okay. So they've got a whole sci-fi section in underneath in that bit they've got subcategories and they classes as a fantasy sci-fi and i thought okay, okay. it's still the sci-fi thing but yeah it's yeah. it's one of few places that actually refers to this as any type of science fiction okay let's let's get through this then <laughs> let's get through this uh so because there's a lot to get through because it's got so many people in it yeah there's a lot of people in it voice and yes so well, Right, directed by Joe Dante, who did some TV and did TV and short work in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s. He's mainly known for the following, though. <laughs> um, 
1978, The Howling, 1981, Twilight Zone, The Movie, 1983, Gremlins, 1984, Explorers, 1985, Inner Space, 1987, Gremlins 2, The New Batch, 1990, Trapped Ashes, 2006, The Hole, 2009, Burying the X in 2014, and Nightmare Cinema in 2018. Yeah. Uh, the writers were uh, Gavin Scott, who did some TV and short stuff in the 90s and the 2000s, and wrote uh, absolutely anything in 2015. Yep. Uh, then got uh, Adam Rifkin, who did some TV and short works in the 1990s. He also wrote The Invisible Maniac in 1990 and Chillerama in 2011. And then Ted Elliott. Uh, who did some, didn't actually do much in the way of TV short stuff at all. Uh, he wrote uh, Little Monsters in 1989, The Puppet Masters screenplay in 1994, Godzilla 1998, Treasure Planet 2002, and was involved in all of the Pirates of the Caribbean films and all of the Shrek's films. The writing thereof. Uh, now, the cast. Yeah, I, I will apologise now to you, Dad. I... I have watched this film quite a few times and I forgot who was in a lot of this and the mm -hmm. other stuff they've been in. Yeah. Well, no, it's all right. So... A, lot of, a lot of them have been in lots of other films, but they weren't in that beneath science fiction or horror films, so that's not too bad. No, so, there is a couple. Uh, so we've got David Cross, who did some TV shorts from the 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and 2020s. Uh, he was in uh, Men in Black in 1997, Men in Black 2 in 2002. Battle for Terror in 2007, voice only. Megamind in 2010, uh, voice only. And Next Gen in 20, 2018. Uh, then we have Jay Moore. I think it's pronounced Moore. M-O-H-R. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, did some TV and short stuff in the 90s, 2000s, 2010s and 2020s. Was in Cherry Falls in the year 2000. Uh, Adventures of Pluto Nash in 2002. Um yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Simone or S1M0NE Simone in 2002, American Nightmares 2018, and Hunter's Moon in 2020. Why were you laughing? Oh, because I forgot it was in um, the Nash film. I, <laughs> I completely forgot he was in that. I, I the most that awful film. science fiction film. Yeah, ever. It's just, I love that film just purely because of how awful it is. Uh, then we have Alexandra Wilson, who did some TV and short stuff in the 80s and 90s. Nothing else we were interested in at all. Uh, Dennis Leary, who I'm mainly new, to be honest, as from, from being a stand-up comedian. Uh, did some TV and shorts in the 80s. I didn't realise he'd been in as many films as he had, to be honest. I know. Um, I was looking at it and I was a bit surprised. He was in Demolition Man in 1993, Final in 2001, The Amazing Spider-Man in 2014, The Amazing Spider-Man in, uh, Spider in 2012, The Amazing Spider-Man in 2014, and Freaks of Nature in 2015. Yeah. And loads of other films as well that aren't science fiction or, or yeah. He's got He's got that look about him, though, isn't he? Sort of, that some of the other films he's got, he sort of fit in look like. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Well, no, you mean, like, not for the science fiction, but like the other films he's been in. He's got that sort of look. Yes. Uh, we got uh, Gregory Smith, who was in some TV and short stuff in the 90s, 2000s, and 2010s. He was in Leaping Leprechauns in 1995, Spellbreaker, Secret of the Leprechauns in 1996, 
and Shadows, Shadow Zone, My Teacher Ate My Homework in 1997. Films we've got to see. Uh, <laughs> we, it's interesting because there are a few older characters, older people in the older actors in this, which would sort of like take me right back through things. Uh, Dick Miller, who did some TV shorts in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dick Miller is quite an incredible. I'll go get on to why in a minute, why I think he's incredible. But um, right, he's, he was in It Conquered the World in 1956. Not of this Earth, 1957. The Undead, 1957. War of the Satellites, 1958. A Bucket of Blood, 1959. Little Shop of Horrors, 1960. Uh, the Premature Burial, 1962. The Terror, 1963. X, the man with X-ray eyes in 1963, Death Race 2000 in 1975, Piranha 1978, Dr. Heckle and Mr. Hype in 1980, <laughs> The Howling in 1981, White Dog in 1982, The Aftermath 1982, Twilight Zone the Movie 1983, Space Raiders 1983, Gremlins 1984, The Terminator 1984, Explorers 1985, Chopping Mole in 1986, Night of the Creeps, 1986, Project X, 1987, Inner Space, 1987, uh, Gremlins 2, The New Batch, uh, 19... What year was that? 90? Right. Uh, new Batch, uh, yeah, I think so. Evil Tunes, 1992, Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight, 1995, Route 666, 2001, Trapped Ashes, 2006, Trial of the Screaming Forehead. Trial, uh, <laughs> Trial of the Screaming Forehead in 2007, which is a brilliant name. Yes. Uh, the Hole 2009, Burying the X 2014, and Hanukkah in 2019. Now, the thing about him is, right, he played, since being in Bucket of Blood yep. in 1959, okay, he has played a character with basically the same name in 11 different films, TV shows, or short films. So he's basically played the same character since 1959 in 11 different films, TV shows, and short films. Well, as the saying goes, if he's broke, ain't broke, don't fix it. But, it's yeah, incredible because they're, they're all completely different films. About yeah, completely there's different there's films. no connection to the other films other than him. Yeah, it's just <laughs> weird that he's played this. And the, the characters we include calling you Walt, Walter, Walter Paisley. We've had Rabbi Walter Paisley and Officer Paisley. <laughs> oh, it's just weird. Fantastic. Um, so, uh, Yes, then we have uh, Kirsten Dunst, who yes. did in shorts in the 90s and 2010s. She was in Interview with the Vampire in 1994, Jumanji 1995, The Crow Salvation in 2000, Spider-Man 2002, Spider-Man 2 in 2004, Spider-Man 3 in 2007, Melancholia in 2011, Midnight Special 2016, and Woodshock in 2017. Uh, Jacob Smith who did some TV and shorts in the 90s and 2000s, but it's been nothing, anything else that we're interested in. Jonathan Book, who did some TV and shorts in the 90s and 2000s, and no other films that we're interested in. Uh, Kevin Dunn did some TV and shorts in the 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and 2020s. 
Uh, who was also in Ghostbusters 2 in 1989, Chain Reaction 1996, Godzilla in 1998, Stir of Echoes 1999, Transformers 2007, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen 2009, Transformers Dark of the Moon 2011, Captive State in 2019, and Thunder Force in 2021. Yeah. Uh, and we have Anne Magnuson, did some TVs and shorts in the 90s and 2010s, was also in The Hunger in 1983, Tank Girl in 1995. What a brilliant film that is. And, such uh, an amazing film. And First Jerk on Mars in 2016, which I'm assuming is to do with the term jerk in the American sense of the word being a bit of an idiot rather than the English term jerk, which has to do more with masturbation. Yeah, I'm hoping it's the first. Yeah, but then yeah. again, knowing some of the films that people have been in, it wouldn't surprise me. And you'd set Amy off laughing again. <laughs> so uh, next we have Wendy Schall, who was in TV and shorts in the eighties, nineties, and two thousands. Was in Creature in nineteen eighty five, Munchies in nineteen eighty seven, Inner Space in nineteen eighty seven, and Batteries Not Included in nineteen eighty seven. That is such a wholesome film. Before I start, I, I, I love that film. Sorry, what Batteries Not Included? Batteries Not Included. Such a wholesome. Yeah. Then we have Phil Hartman, uh, who was in TV and shorts in the 80s and 90s, and was in Spaceballs in 1987 and Coneheads in 1993. Now, Phil Hartman, I thought, was just a kind of like TV host stroke comedian, and which is why he's only reading comedy films, I suppose. Yeah. It's a bit odd to him in this. Um, then we have Archie Hahn, who was in TV short, uh, TV short things in the 80s, 90s and 2000s, was in Phantom of the Paradise in 1974, Inner Space in 1987, Gremlins 2, The New Batch in 1990, Misery 1990, Alien Resurrection in 1997, Burying the X in 2014, and All the Creatures Were Stirring in 2018, which I love the title of. Yeah. Then we have Robert Picardo. Uh, TVs and shorts in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s and 2020s. Most people would know him as being the Doctor on Star Trek Voyager. Yes. Um, so he was also in The Howling in 1981, Explorers 1985, Legend 1985, Munchies 1987, Inner Space 1987, Jack's Back 1988, 976 Evil in 1988, Total Recall 1990, Gremlins 2, The New Batch, 1990, Star Trek First Contact, 1996, Menno's Mind, 1997, Censored, in 1990, uh, sorry, in 2009, Quantum Quest, a, can't Quantum Quest, a Cassini Space Odyssey, in 2010, uh, Trail of Blood, 2011, End of the Road, 2011, The Awakened, 2012, uh, Atlas Shrugged, Two, the strike to 2012 don't blink in 2014 uh mansion of blood um in 2015 uh occupants 2015 mead 2022 and disconnected in 2022 uh we got julius tenon was in tv and shorts in the 1990s within confessions confessions of a serial killer in 1985, and Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice in 2016. Uh, Belinda Balaski did some TV and shorts in the 70s, 90s, and 2010s. Uh, was in Food of Food of the Gods in 1976, Till Death 1978, 
Piranha, 1978, The Howling, 1981, Gremlins, 1984, Explorers, 1985, Gremlins 2, The New Batch, 1990, and Nightmare Cinema, 2018. Yep. Uh, Rance Howard, some TVs and shorts in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2020s, was in Village of the Giants in 1965, Cocoon, 1985, Inner Space, 1987, Universal Soldier, 1992, Ticks, 1993, Ed and His Dead Mother, 1993, Children of the Corn 3, Urban Harvest, 1995, Independence Day, 1996, Mars Attacks, 1996, The Sender, 1998, The Nightcaller, 1998, Psycho, 1998, uh, A Crack in the Floor, 2001, Legend of the Phantom Rider, 2002, <laughs> Sasquatch Mountain, 2006, Ghost Town the Movie, 2007, uh, Odie and the Wolf, or Odie and the Wolf, 2008, uh, Jonah Hex, 2010, and Huff, in 2013. Just, I just like the idea of it, it's sort of like this, the idea of being this, this sort of like horror thing where somebody's so annoyed with you in a real huff. Yeah. I mean, such a huff. Yeah, I've got, I know for a time, I know for there's been a couple of times where I've been so wound up that all I want to do is just go, the people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we've got Jackie Joseph, did some TV shorts in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, was in Little Shop of Horrors in 1960, Gremlins 1984, and Gremlins 2, the new batch in 1990. Now we get on to the voice acting. Yeah. All of these followers, the following are voice actors for the uh, soldiers and the uh Argonauts. Gorgonites. Argonauts. No, is it no, it's just it's, it was a, it was one of my things when I was growing up. I, I could never say Gorgonites, so Argonauts. Argonauts, yes. So <laughs> firstly we have Tommy Lee Jones. Uh who Chip is Hazard. Huh? Plays Major Chip Hazard. Chip Hazard, yeah. Uh, it was in Batman Forever in 1995, Men in Black 1997, Men in Black 2 2002, Captain America the First Avenger 2011, Men in Black 3 in 2012, and Ad Astra in 2019. Yeah. Lots and lots and lots of other films. Uh, Frank Languella, yep. who was the uh, leader it of the played Ar Archer, Archer, leader of the Gorgonites. Was he did some TV and shorts in the 90s, 2000s, 2010s. Was in Dracula in 1979, Masters of the Universe 1987, Brain Scan 1994, The Ninth Gate 1999, Red Dragon 2002, Superman Returns 2006, and A Robot and Frank in 2012. And then we have Ernest Borgnine, who was in TV and shorts in the 50s, in 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Was in Willard in 1971, Devil's Reign in 1975, which has to be seen to be believed, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> the Black Hole in 1979, Escape from New York in 1981, Deadly Blessing in 1981, Gattaca 1997, and Enemy Mind. D yeah. Mind in 2010. Uh, then we have Jim Brown. He did some TV and shorts in the 90s. Uh, was in The Running Man in 1987 and Mars Attacks. Yeah. Uh, then Bruce Dern. Love Bruce Dern. He's a great actor. Uh, did some TV and shorts in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s and 2010s. Was in Hush, Hush, Sweet... Can't say it. Hush, Hush, Sweet Charlotte. 
1964. The Incredible Two-Headed Transplant in 1971. Try that again. Transplant. <laughs> In 1971, Silent Run in 1972, which is the thing I remember seeing him first. Uh, Tattoo 1981, World Gone Wild 1987, The Haunting 1999, Swamp Devil 19, in 2008, The Hole 2009, Choose 2011, Twixt in 2011, Toolbox Murders 2 in 2013. V Force New Dawn of Victory 2015, Freaks 2018, Raven uh, Ravage rather in 2019, and Hellblazers in 2022. Yep. Uh, then we had George Kennedy, who did some TV shorts in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s, was in Straight Jacket 1964, Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte in 1964, uh, Death Ship 1980. Burn the page. Um, Virus the End, 1980. Creepshow 2, 1987. Uninvited, 1987. Demon Warp, 1988. The Terror Within, 1989. Brain Dead in 1990. And The Boneyard Collection, 2008. And then Clint Walker. I didn't even know Clint Walker was in this. Uh, I've got me. It just is weird seeing the other films he's been in and known for for him to turn up in this was very weird action hero he wasn't yeah he's was western as well western action oh, hero yeah. he's known for that and then to turn up as even just his voice in this is quite distinctive but it's such a weird thing uh yeah he did some tv shorts in the 60s and 70s he was in killdozer in 1974 snow beast in 1977 deadly harvest in 1977 and the serpent warriors in 1987 yeah. then we've got christopher guest yeah. Uh, who was in, did some TV shows in the 70s with Little Shop of Horrors in 1986. That's it. But most people will know him and the next two people as being one um, one of the members of Spinal Tap. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so the next one is Michael McKean, who did some TV shows in the 90s, 2000s, 2010s, who was in Daryl in 1985, Earth Girls Are Easy in 1988, Memoirs of an Invisible Man, 1992, Coneheads in 1993, and Joshua in 2007. Uh, and Harry Shearer, yeah. who's in t did some TVs and shorts in the 50s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and 20 2020s. Started off the first ever film role, uncredited, but he was in Abbott and Costello Go to Mars in 1953. Yeah. Uh, he was also in My Stepbrother, Stepmother is an Alien in 1988 and Godzilla in 1998. I think uh, Harry Shearer is probably best known for providing voices for The Simpsons. Yeah. Uh, just, I've, just, I've looked at the IMDb page and I've, there's two other people, the two people in this that play the two other voices. I don't know if you've got them. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know it was them. I haven't finished yet. <laughs> I've got three more to go. I didn't know it was. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, next we have Sarah Michelle Geller, Michelle Geller. Yeah. Who did some TV and short stuff in the 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and 2020s. She was in I Know What You Did Last Summer, 1997, Scream 2, 1997, Scooby Doo, 2002, Scooby Doo 2, 2004, The Grudge, 2004, The Return, 2005, The Grudge 2, 2006, and Possession in 2009. Yeah. And then we have Christina Ricci. Ricci. Yeah. That's the one. That's the one that shocked me. I didn't realise she was in this. 
No, TV and shorts in the 90s, 2010s, and 2020s was in The Adams Family in 1991, yeah. Adams Family Values 1993, Casper 1995, Sleepy Hollow 1999, Bless the Child 2000, The Gathering in 2002, Cursed in 2005, After Life in 2009, The Matrix Resurrections in 2021, and yeah. Monstrous in 2022. And lastly, is somebody called Marcia Mitzman Gavin, who did some TV and short stuff in the 90s and 2000s and was in a film called Alone in 2020. And that was it. The synopsis for this film says. <laughs> yeah, we're not still re reviewing this, by the way. We're not just listing stuff. Yeah. The synopsis for this film says. When missile technology is used to enhance toy action figures, the toys soon begin to take their battle programming too seriously. So I am somewhat interested uh, okay. to get an insight into given... Say my mind and I'll be here forever. Given mind. all of the things that we have reviewed before. Yes. Uh, I'm somewhat interested to, to get an insight into your thinking about going into something so firstly mainstream and secondly child-friendly. Right. I have two things about this. One, I found out recently because of the fact that the age of this is now, this is now technically classed as a cult classic. Right. So... Yeah, I was a bit, uh, I don't know what annoyed me more, the fact that something that was younger than me is now being classed as a classic, or the fact that, like, the fact that it, it, it's open that widely. But also the fact that, I look, I watched this film, obviously, when I was a lot younger, I say a lot younger, when I was younger, and it amazed me, it shocked me so much, and I thought, oh, this is, this is fantasy, this is sci-fi, it couldn't, it couldn't be, that happen yeah and the reason why i chose this is mainly because of the fact that it got to that point now in time in our our technology thing in our time where it is almost possible <laughs> right no but i don't mean like that as in like that someone's gonna make a mistake and put military grade chips into a toy <laughs> but the fact that you think that some of the toys and some of the stuff that is coming out nowadays with cold smart technology and stuff like that it could be done yeah, no, no, I, I, I can see what you're saying. I can see what you're saying. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I don't want anyone to think that I have a, an issue with yeah. mainstream films. Yeah. Because let's face it, you now I've I've watched enough, and and we we you know we we we've reviewed ones that at the time that they were out were considered kind of mainstreamish. And, and oh, this is... I'm, not, I'm not saying that we should only concentrate on on non-mainstream films because you no, know, that's not the way we go. But <laughs> I, I, I give you mate, there's things that I look to this, but mainly understand the two reasons why I said it, but also because of the fact that it it was. This is another film that I agree with you that when it came out, and even sort of into the early twenties when it came, well, early two thousand, sorry, twenty. Early 2000s, it was yeah. still a mainstream film. Yeah. It was watched quite regularly. Now it's almost become... Like, the only time I ever see this on TV or 
anywhere that's not on a streaming service seem to be almost over Christmas. Yeah, I know what you and mean. And it seems it, to almost become the fact that it has become almost a Christmas film. And well, it's, it's it's because it's it's because it's so child friendly, and it's it's like you know, well, they, the they thing, look they look for child friendly fantasy films to put on at that sort of time. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I was thinking about it, it is and it isn't. Uh, it is child friendly. The fact that okay, yeah, there's 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 no gore, there's no the the stuff that in the other films that we've watched that are sci-fi that have got to that point, but. I don't really think that it's that child friendly when the kids are being shot at with nail guns. No, no. I mean, I must admit there with are staple guns. Sorry, there are elements to it. Yes, I, I yeah. can see what you're saying. And I don't say, don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't want anyone to think that I don't like it because of the fact that it's too mainstream. And I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a kind of a, a, a sort of a, a sci-fi or horror snob who thinks that we should only review films that are kind of like you know, yeah, and all that sort of thing. I, I. I would actually say that it's it's an it's an interesting and um, entertaining film to watch if you're sitting down with your family on a Sunday afternoon. You've got bugger else to do. Yeah. Other than that, I find it boring as hell. I, it took me three attempts to watch the whole film because I was just so bored with it. Yeah, I've got, I've got to admit that. Like I said, the first time I watched this, I'm going to make myself sound really old now, and I, I really hate the fact I'm going to. But I was a lot younger and I was a lot more naive. Well, I mean, you know, 1998. How old were you in 1998? Seven. Huh? Seven. Seven, yeah. So, you know, that's, that's... Yeah, all right. Well, I'm only 32, okay? I'm 32 this year, and I make myself sound older every time we do this podcast. Well, I've realised that I am just old in my films. You think, how, uh, think about how I feel. <laughs> think about yeah, how no, I feel when I'm, when, I'm talk, when I'm talking to you about the fact that I bunked in to go and see The Exorcist when it first came out of the cinema. No, I see, when this first came out, I was saying, I, I think I watched it, I don't think I watched it when it first, first came out, but I did watch it in the first few years. Yeah, I think when it, when it came out on video, I think we had it. Yeah. It's just, it again, for anyone that's too young to realise, videos were bigger DVDs. <laughs> for anyone that doesn't know what DVD is, it's a solid streaming service. Um, videos were big, clumpy plastic boxes. Yeah. They were big bits of metal that you shoved into the, you shoved into a big thing that used to look sort of like a massive toaster. Um, yeah. yeah, so <laughs> it's just a few that. So I watched it when I was probably, say, about 10 and it blew my mind because of the thing, this whole whether or not it was the whole yeah it was a lot of like, it was the sort of don't, don't get me wrong i think i think as a as a as a family film and for, for for kids to watch at that sort of age i think it's a great film and it's it is a really it's a good adventure sort of like uh sci-fi adventure sort of yeah it's it's it's, it's a nostalgia film like you can sit there and you can it's what it's what it's what used to be called when I was a lad. It was what used to be called a good a good family adventure romp. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just the thing. So, like, when when it, when I first watched it, it was it was that fantasy. It was it was yeah. still miles off and years down the line. And again, this is this is my point. It's the fact that like twenty two years ago, I thought this was years down the line. It's going to be a millennium before it's that point. And yeah. now it's not. Like I said, it's it's. It's almost, I don't know, it's one of them films where I sat there and 
it's it stands the test of time for me with some of the graphics and some of the things that were done. Yeah. It's also then sort of scary when these people go, we need to make this film because it's going to be so outrageous that it's never going to happen. And then you sort of sit and watch it now and you go, we're not that far off, you know. Yeah, I know. I know what you like, mean. Some of the smart devices and stuff like that, it's, saying it's, it's ridiculous, the fact that you could do that. And I, I do. I do not I I get what you're saying. I... It's interesting. For me, one of the things I would say about it is the fact that it's it's kind of um, it kind of stood the test of time for me in a way because of the fact that I found myself when I watched it this time still kind of like even though I know what the outcome was and even though I really wasn't that invested in the film, I could tell I could I could feel myself the fact that I wanted the good guys to win. I wanted yeah. the organites to win. Well, it's the thing, it's the thing is that like, I, I, I was saying, I've watched this so many times and I've got that same thing. And it's almost that, that point at the end where they get, they sail off and they, they're then free and without the scourge. And I sat there and it's that sort of going, <sighs> heart-wrenching moment. And I, I have it almost every time. And yeah. it's quite scary because normally I don't show a lot of emotion. <laughs> but it comes to that and I'm like, it's still sort of, you, you find yourself with that catch your breath. And it's a sort yeah. of, it's one of them nostalgic films. And I... Uh, I don't know, it's just, yeah, I agree. It's one of them films that you can put on on a Sunday afternoon, in the background, you can sit with your family and watch it, not a problem. Yeah. yeah, I mean, okay, yeah it's, not, it's, it's a mainstream there, film. But there, is, there, there is a lot of good, there are a lot of good things about this film. There are a lot of, you know, as you say, some of the, the I mean, the effects and, and that kind of thing are, are really well done. And um, but especially, of, especially as well as this, it's a late 90s film. Yeah. And some of the techniques that they were using for the for the robe like for the the toys and stuff like that was very, very state of the art at that point. And it's oh, yeah. it's still very well done even now. Yeah, I mean it does give a good look and a lot of the effects do look really good. As you say, they stand up to, to looking now. I think my my problem with it is that I kind of I don't know. I, I, I kind of uh, I I don't find it. It doesn't sort of keep my interest now as much as it did when I first time I saw it. I think it's one of those films where, for me, and maybe it's me, me age or whatever uh, the <laughs> age I was when I first saw it. But for me, it's like sort of it's one of those films that once I've seen it, I kind of seen it. Yeah, I get, I get that. It's, it's one of them films that I, I, I sort of feel the same. It's sort of, it's, it's exciting the first time. Maybe, this, maybe, 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 but I did find myself getting a bit kind of like, oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's not like it's not like sort of I can I can leave something like you know the original Ghostbusters. I can leave it for five or six years between watching that and still watch it and enjoy it. Yeah. With this, I kind of started watching it, and when it got to a certain point, I thought, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, I've got I've got it. Like last time I watched this, I would say it was a good almost ten years ago. Yeah, because the joys of the same modern day stuff. My two never found this interesting. 
they still don't. Because <laughs> when I said to her about this, or when I said to the youngest one about this, she just looked at me with a look of, what the hell are you talking about, you strange old man? Um, well, so she's not, not, not bizarre, really, because she looks at me like that most of the time. But it's the sort of, it's one I sat there and thought to myself, like, this is this was a film that I, I don't know, like, I thought was amazing when I was younger. And yeah, yeah. It's the sort of, it showed, so this is my point about the fact it shows the fact it's normalisation because of the fact that when I was younger, I thought this was a whole, oh my God moment. And now it's sort of, yeah, right, my toy does the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it's, it's an interesting point in time because I mean, it's a massive film. If you think about the the cast and that sort of thing, it's a, it, if you were to make a live action film, yeah, with all of these people in, it would have, you know, not even been, all the, not even if you make a live action film with just the people they have as the voice actors, yeah, in it, it would, well, it would cost a lot for a star. But it's, it's just a, yeah, I mean, it is quite, I mean, it's an amazing cast in it. And it, and it's, uh, I will say the other thing I noticed about it, though, is the fact that Joe Dante does seem to have this kind of ensemble sort of group of people who have been in almost all of his films. It's like almost everybody in this film has either been in Inner Space or one of the Gremlins films. Yeah. Or, you know, one of the other films that he made. Well, I've just looked this up and because we were talking about how much it costs and all that. And bear in mind, this is in, well, uh, 98. So, yeah. obviously, money rising and lowering. Up. But it was estimated as a budget for to make this as $40 million. Yeah. Which, okay, I, I know there's a lot of films we've watched that have done that as a sort of, as a budget for one person. But the fact that when he brought it in, it only made 14000 14, over the top, or 40 million more yeah as a sort of thing so it only it basically scraped by as a past film so it, it, it barely broke even really it's it's such a bizarre flight it seems like an awful lot of money to put in and saying it's still a good film yeah it yeah. seems like a, a ma massive amount of money I mean, things were different then. Things were the, the way films were made were different. The way the budgeting was done was different, and you would spend loads of money on a film. Yeah, no, I know. You'd get, you'd, you knew you'd get some return on it. Um, and then the, the 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 companies were willing to put it in. It's like sort of you turn around, and you go, okay, it's a film being made by uh, Joe Dante. Yeah, it's got all of these people in it. You know, ninety percent of which are, are, are well-known actors and and yeah. well-known for other stuff, and have got a good track record. Yeah, and it's a it's a kind of uh, it's going to appeal to the children's market. It's going to appeal to the the, the sci-fi market. It's going to appeal to the holiday market. So that sort of thing yeah. at the right times. What's, you know, you're going to get a good return on it. What's the thing is that like I've just looked this up as well, and I IMDb pretty much classify it as almost every genre they can. It's under action, adventure, sci-fi, fantasy, uh, family. So it's it's a, a film that sort of goes, goes to a lot of markets. Yeah, well, that's that's the whole thing about it being a mainstream film, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. not kind of like a, a niche film where it's only for people who are into sci-fi, only for people who are into... Yeah. You know... But I just, I don't know, it's just, I thought it was just a... With a a very good, uh, not a very good film, but it was, 
it's a film that's stood the test of time with a lot of the effects. Okay, yeah, yeah the acting mainly mainly for me by Kirsten Dunst, but that's just because I don't think she's that good of an actress. Um is like you can leave a little to sort of the imagination that you needs to be done a bit better. But the sound, the effects in it, I think, just amazes yeah. me the fact that they're still as good as they are. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I mean, don't get me wrong, it's um it, it was okay to watch uh, again. It's not something I would choose to watch again necessarily. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of not my kind of thing. It, 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 I'm never totally sure it was my kind of thing the first time round. It was definitely, <laughs> I think it was just kind of like, oh, this is a good family film to sit and watch with the kids, you know, and that's, yeah. that's the thing. Um, I, I put this in the same sort of category as things like Inner Space and Batteries Not Included and things like that, which are kind of like, they're okay kind of um, sort of soft sci-fi action sort of. Yeah, I, would, I would class them as being like kid films. Yeah, but they're then, very family friendly. But then again, you know, I mean, we did we, we did The Last Starfighter, which, which, which again is classified in the same way but i loved watching that and i love watching it you know i loved watching it again so you know it's it's difficult but yeah, I think it's, it's one of them things i think it's it's there's different things of it i think the sort of nostalgia moments is the fact that there's other ones that you quite happily have quite a lot quite often or ones that are meant for sort of big gaps between them yeah and I think this this I mean, one fits definitely with having a big gap. I, I I've got no problem with people who like watching this film or, or any of these sort oh. of type of films, um, but it's just I mean it's not really me my my kind of thing. Uh, and as you say, yeah, I think you need to leave a big gap between watching it and the next yeah. time you watch it, just so that you can kind of it has a similar sort of, similar sort of feel to it when you watch it the next yeah. time. I will say though, for the writing side of it, they could have done a little bit better with the naming of the people. Like the the toys and all that. Just like don't be wrong, like you've got Chip Hazard. Yeah. Yeah, then you've got Nick Nitro, Link Static, and it's just like really that creative with the names, really, is it? Well, you know, I mean you've got you gotta think about the 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 whole thing. I mean it, it's like toys, the whole thing would be sold on the on the main characters, wouldn't it? Yeah, which was Archer and Chip Hazard. So, oh, just the thing is, I think a lot of it was actually sold more in the organisers. Yeah, they, I mean, I must they, have, their names were a lot like you had like Slam Fist, Frankenstein, Scratch It. Um, oh, I can't remember the other ones that it's done a bug me now. You know, you had like ones like that, and it was sold a lot more on them, I think, because they were the good guys. They were the yeah. The other thing is, the other thing is, I think that one of the reasons that they were willing to put so much money into this is because this was another one of these films that was sold on the fact that they could market the toys. Oh, yeah. The, the toys, there was toys, there was, um, I think, computer games of it as well done. There were, yeah. uh, like, action figures. There was merchandise. They could do it all with the, the toys in there, and I get that. Yeah. But, I think, but it's just, I don't know, I think it's, it's a good film, but, yeah, it's, it's definitely one that, Need, I think for me, I think need a big gap. It was interesting to do, <laughs> um, but 
It was just yeah. again, my main thing is the fact it's just the fact they had um, Nick uh, Clint Walker in it for a start. Yeah, just me. Like I've I've watched the film quite a few times, and then I thought, no, and I had to look it up, and I was looked it up, and I was like looking up all the people who've done the voice acting, and I was like, just his his voice was always so familiar to me, uh, so recognisable. You know what I mean? And then I see the film, and I was just like, it didn't fit with everything else that he had I mean, done. I mean, if you look at the people, that, I mean, like him, uh, Clint Walker, Ernest Borgnine. I mean, Ernest yeah. Borgnine's been in some of the biggest war films and, and Western films that, that were ever made. You know, yeah. he was in things like the, the, the Dirty Dozen and, and all these yeah. films, you know. And, yeah. and just, you know, and, and uh, George, um, I can't remember his name now, uh, George Thingy as well, him. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. You know, um, that, like... Uh, <laughs> God, that's really going to annoy me now. George. George Isaacian? I will get it. I will get it. No, that's the wrong one. Uh, George Kennedy. Okay, yeah. George Kennedy, again, he was in loads of... George Kennedy was in almost... There was a spate of, of, uh, of disaster movies throughout the 70s and 80s that were all based around airports and aeroplanes being uh, crashing, right? And he was in almost every single one of those films, and they were all massive films at the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's just, it's what I'm saying. It's, it's, I think a lot of it was sold, like, yeah, for the merchandise, but to sit there and say to these people, look, we've got this part for you, but all we need is your voice. Yeah. And even in the 90s, was still a, a remarkable thing to do and voice acting. I should say, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, Sarah Michelle Michelle Geller and, and Christina Ricci yeah. were both kind of like well-known actress, actresses at the time, and they were up-and-coming actresses who were yeah. doing really, really well. Well, Christina Ricci, yeah, the, like the Adam family thing coming out at the same sort of time. Yeah. So she was she was this big star that and, like and, that was into the that was the known for being the sort of that age genre was they were trying to pull in. And as I say, Sarah Michelle Gellar had, had done a few horror films and was was kind of like doing Buffy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean so and it's, and it's the thing so like even even so you've got like the names they had in it, I think, which was yeah. the main thing they sold it, brought in so many people to be actually watching. You think you sit there and say to someone, Oh, Tommy Lee Jones is in it, you're gonna find a fan. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Clint Walker or saying uh like Cheryl, Sarah Michelle Gallo, you're gonna have you're gonna find yeah. a a fan for one of them. The other thing is uh, Frank Langella at the time had come off the back of doing things like um he he played uh, Skeletor in the in the uh, yeah. Masters of the Universe film and that kind of thing, you know. So it's just I'm saying it's just you know, the names they had in it, I think, is yeah, yeah. what pulled in so many people and it now made it as much as it pains me to say a cult classic. Yeah. And it's not because of the fact that the film's not good, it's mainly because of the fact it's made me feel a lot older because of the fact that <laughs> the film was younger than I am. So Well no, I mean okay, as I say, it was it was interesting to do and, and I was interested to see why you chose it for, for it. But it, yeah, it was good. It was good good. It's always nice to do something different and to do a different yeah. style of sci fi film. Yeah, uh, so you know, we 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 you can't say we don't cover a huge sort of uh variety this, of, of films in this. I will say as well, part of me sort of chose it mainly because of the fact that I knew as much as I liked the film, I knew that you I, I sort of guessed that you possibly might not be a big fan, and I know <laughs> that we've had a massive rap at the moment of 
liking almost all sci-fi films yeah. that we've watched. And it's yeah. just freaking you out of it. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the other thing for me is I don't know. It's, yeah, I suppose it's sci-fi. I can accept the fact that it's sci-fi because of what it is, but it's not really what I would class as being a sci-fi film. And there is that. It's, it's very loosely sci-fi for me. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's still like, it's still got moments in it, but it's still loosely for me. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, there you go. So we have uh, three short films, which we kind of two of which we agreed on, one of which we agreed to differ on and uh then we had the uh the feature film of of uh of small soldiers which um yeah yeah and uh if you disagree with us on any of these uh film reviews please let us know if you have still any... waiting for these still wishing, waiting for the message picked to the smoke dolphins so yes message picked and smoke dolphins uh but if you if you have anything you want to say to us or anything you would like us to do or not to do, um, then... That is um, the question. Then, um, then, uh, then uh, so, but, I mean, hopefully we won't get any that say just don't do the reviews anymore at all. I was thinking there might be a few every now and again someone might be going, just don't give up your day job, which yeah. is, isn't that hard for me. But um, it's just it's the fact that there are a few people out there that seem to enjoy what we talk about. Yeah, either, it's either it's either they enjoy us talking about the films or just the eating drivel that we talk normally. Yeah, I don't know. Strange thing. Okay, so uh, there we go. Um, that's that, and that's that, and that, and that, and that. Next week we have more of the same. I think maybe we'll do one more that is specifically sci-fi, and then yeah. after that, after that, we're going to start mixing things up again. Okay. Okay. So. And what's coming up in the next couple of weeks? The movie. Right, to seeing if there's any big celebration things coming up in the next couple of weeks. No, no, we've got we've got a couple of weeks. I will say that in uh, three weeks' time, we will be doing a special that many, episode. That many. That many three. That weeks. many for people that don't understand Dad's logic when he was saying three and five and all that. I can, I can actually count, but um, yeah, in three weeks' time. Uh, we will be doing a um, so yes, yeah, this one we've got two more episodes, and then the third episode will be a uh, special episode where we will be reviewing uh, four, I think, four, possibly five films, short films that are all will be all be available on the deformed lunchbox uh channel on. Yeah. The uh they will have they have a new one coming out at the beginning of may um which we're going to review and they've had a couple of new ones out yeah so, they've had a couple of new ones come out in the last few weeks they seem to be pumping them out really quickly so, uh we will be doing a deformed lunchbox special which will include an interview as well yeah. so there will be a review of uh, i think it's four possibly five short films which we haven't reviewed before and then uh, an interview with the uh the people at deformed lunchbox. Yeah. Next week, more sci-fi, and then the week after that, a bit mix up, and then the deformed lunchbox. <laughs> Sorry, next week sci-fi. It's the fact you were next week sci-fi, and the week after that, a mix-up. Some sci-fi, <laughs> some horror. <laughs> some sci-fi, some horror, some bits and that nye, 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 and stuff. And then, uh, because it's my birthday at the beginning of June, 
I have chosen an episode for the beginning of June before my birthday, which is going to be full of some of the most obnoxiously disgusting films you probably want to watch. Oh, great. <laughs> but just, you know, be, be grateful. I couldn't find anywhere where I could find a free streaming of the... Uh, the uh, the human caterpillar films so um the thing is don't like this is going to divide everyone that likes what me when i talk here i love them films no no right right no, i rephrase it i don't love the film. i like the fact that that horror behind it that type of horror film okay no. yeah the films are disturbing as absolute weird and wonderful no. films no but i like the films no no the first film was a kind of reasonable sort of like this is sick but it's quite interesting the second, the second film was this is just sick the third film was um i do not want to ever 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 see anything like that again ever because it is just like Why? It, it's because you never it, ever wondered what happens at a prison i i i watched the third one I watched the third one and thought, I want to take my eyes out and scrub them clean with bleach so that I never have to be reminded that I ever saw that. I actually have a friend that watched uh, the first and second one in a row. And all I got was a message from him the next day going, I have not been able to sleep. He said he started watching it at midday. I then got a text from him at five in the morning mm. and I can't sleep because every time I do a close every time I close my eyes I see what happens. And then a week later turned up to me with bloodshot eyeballs. Right. And I went, What have you done? And he went, Oh, I had a sleep deprived moment. So this is like three days he went without sleep yeah. because of the fact every time he closed his eyes he saw what was happening in the films. He went sleep deprived moment, my brains are switched off and I thought to myself, I don't know how to get rid of the images, I'll burn them out. So he sat underneath hot water taps with his eyes trying to trying to get his eyes over. I'm like, dude, this is an idiot. But I love it. That's just bizarre. Yeah, well, I, these are the friends that I hang around with. Um, oh, you too. But this is different. I, I like these films. I like films like this. I do, this see, I, I like I like weird and slightly strange and sometimes sick films. Yes, I do. But I do not like them because of the fact that they are just sickness for the sake of sickness and yeah. there's no there's no reason for anyone to want to watch those films ever See, this this is this is this is the point where everyone listens man, because of the fact that i i i love films like that i love films where there's like there's so much gore that it makes people feel ill it's, and it's not a gore. i love the films that people go that's making me feel physical but that that but yeah it just there is no reason, absolutely no reason whatsoever, ever, for those people to make films like that or to watch films like that. It's because there's sick and twisted people out there like me. But there's just no need for it, no reason for I'm it. Don't get me wrong, it took me a while to watch. Like, I couldn't do what my friend's done, which is watch them all one after the other. Like, there has to be a gap in between it because I'm not that much of a psycho. But... I, I just I, I never ever want to watch any of them again because they're so they're just sort of they're, they're no they're just wrong in yeah, every, a group of films we don't agree on in every single way they are wrong anyway enough of that 
we will see you again soon. Thank you very much, Scott. That's okay. People out there, I may have to edit this down a bit because this is about an hour and a half long. Yeah, um, well, that, I think that was more because of the, the cars list. <laughs> yeah, we, I may have to look at cutting a few bits out of this, but we, we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Uh, we will see you again soon. Take it easy and all that kind of thing and all that sort of stuff. Bye. Bye. <laughs> The Cyphora Film Podcast. Sci-Fi Film Podcast is a Thrave Productions podcast.